What is this? Is it a podcast? A podcast from Hope? How is this even possible? I thought she was dead. Didn't she die? She hasn't had a podcast since, like, like, summer. Oh my god, she's alive. What does this mean? What does it mean? I don't know. I don't know. It means there's a new episode of Hope of All Trades right now. Hello, and again, welcome to the Aperture Science Computer Aided Enrichment Center. We hope your brief detention in the relaxation vault has been a pleasant one. Two True Freaks presents Hope of All Trades, hosted by Hope Mullinax, a podcast by a girl unheard of! If it isn't that hairless harpy. If it isn't Skywalker's filthy, obnoxious little pet. Where am I? Oh, girl. Hey, well spotted. It's a girl? Oh, yeah, you're right about that. She can violate my rights if... Hey! You make this, and you die a legend. Can I pee first? I'm really glad that worked. Those would have been terrible last words. Hi guys, it's Hope. So, as you probably realize if you follow my show, that I haven't recorded a podcast since summer. And there are, there are two really, really good reasons why I haven't. The first reason why is uh, my, my old computer, like, crashed and burned in a fiery pit, pretty much. My hard drive died, and I had to get a new computer, and all this other stuff. And then the other reason is my mother's wedding is in less than a month. So I usually record podcasts on weekends, and all, almost every weekend has gone to preparing for the wedding. So, yes, those are the main reasons. So hopefully, I, I will be back on a regular-ish schedule. Uh, the other thing is, is just, I haven't had anything to talk about. I had a moment where I just watched in my room and just, like, looked around and was like, I need inspiration. Something give me inspiration to talk about. And nothing came to me. I was just like, no, no. So I've been doing pretty good. Uh, life has been awesome. I hope all of you are doing wonderful. And if you're not, then do better. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that all of you guys are doing really, really well out there. So... Um, a few cool things have been happening lately, uh, and we're going to start off this show by talking about things that are coming up. Saturday, if you know me, you know I'm a big Italia fan, and Saturday is International Italia Day. And when I say international, I mean it. If you go to the Italia Day website, there's just a list of cities and countries around the world that have groups celebrating this day. And uh, we're ho I'm helping host the one in Atlanta, where it's just us, and we're getting together, and we're going to have a photo shoot, and we're going to play games, we're going to eat food, it's going to be really, really fun. And so what we're going to do is just pretty much hang out. And so if you re really like to go to Italia Day, go to the website, just Google Italia Day uh, 2011, and you'll find the website, and you'll find where you can look up to see if your city is hosting one, if, it, if it's not... And you have Italia friends? Get together! Do something cool! Have fun! Check your cool, guys. Check your cool. And yeah. The other thing that's coming up soon that I'm going to be participating in is NaNoWriMo. And this is why there probably will not be a podcast in November. Because of this. NaNoWriMo is uh, National November Writing Month. 
And the month of November is, as the name, as I just said, is National Novel Writing Month. And the whole point of NaNoWriMo is trying to write 50,000 words in one month. Which is really hard. Because if you, if you, if you uh, divide it, I think it's something like 1,754 words a day. It's, like, it's a ridiculous number. It, it's a few pages a day. And it's really, really, really intense. But it's really, really fun. I, I actually cranked out the majority of my last novel that I have so far from last year's NaNoWriMo, and I'm actually hoping to finish my novel in this month. But because it takes so much time, and right smack dab in the middle of NaNoWriMo is my mom's wedding, um, I, I just can't fathom having time to record a podcast during that time. So we'll pro- I'll probably do my next one sometime in November, unless Chris or Scott want to do a Doctor Who podcast with Shag and me, and I really, guys, guys, really push Chris and Scott to do a second uh, Doctor Who podcast. Chris, Scott, we have to do another one. It was so much fun. And we'll have Mike Bailey and uh, Mike Pote, and it was awesome, and I really, really want to talk to Shag about this new season, even though I really need to rewatch the new season, because, you know, the first half of it was like eight months ago. Yeah, yeah, it's it was it was an interesting season. Maybe I'll talk about it and ask Shag to be on my show. We'll see. So, um, I have two big things I want to talk about. Uh, I went to a convention recently, um, and uh, it was super fun. And the other thing is I want to talk about an anime. Haha, <laughs> big surprise, I'm like the anime podcaster. Woo! So, I went to what's called AWA. It's Anime Week in Atlanta. And it was, it was really fun. I haven't been to AWA in about five years, pretty much since the beginning of college. And so it was, it was awesome to see how it was like this little convention five years ago, where it was just like in, at the Cobb Galleria. It wasn't in any of the other hotels. It was just all contained in this one space to becoming this more massive event to where it was covering like two hotels and the Cobb Galleria. And um, someone told me that AWA was voted in the top 10 anime conventions to go to in the United States. I think it was like number eight, 9 or number 10. But that's still really awesome! That means we're doing something really cool in Atlanta! And it was just, it was super fun. I was there all four days, and we'll go through that. So Thursday I got there, and there's not much to do Thursday when you get there. Um, pretty much what we did is they had this thing called the Happy Fun Sale, and it's anime consignment, or whatever you want it to be consignment. And me and my friend got together and we brought a bunch of stuff that we didn't want anymore, and we had a table, and we sold a butt-ton of anime, and manga, and posters, and pens, and knickknacks, and stuff. And it was really fun, and some of the things that people had there is stuff you can't find anymore. Like, I got all four books of Eerie Query, which is this manga that's not even published anymore, it's completely out of print. And it was out of print before Tokyo Pop crashed and burned and died because Stu Levy is a fucking douchebag. Oh, did I say that? Yes, I did. Haha, <laughs> he was looking at you, Stu. How dare you tempt us with asking us if we have want Hitalia Manga 3 and then not come through with it! Ah, oh, Stu Levy. I hope you fall off a bridge. But the Happy Fun Cell was really fun. And uh, it I found a lot of really, really cool stuff there. Like, I bought from my friend Francine... A little porcelain pig piggy bank, but it's painted to look like America from 
Hitalia, and it's a really unique item, and it's really cool, and I'm very, very happy I got it. But, um, I also, though, and I haven't had a chance to read them, because I swear to God, I'm gonna finish Blood and Gold if it's the last thing I do, and if you're wondering what I'm talking about, it's an Anne Rice book that I reviewed the first half of it about two or three episodes ago in my show. And I, I will finish Blood and Gold before I read anything else, I swear to God. Um, but I bought, I walked up to the table and I saw all these Star Wars novels. And I was like, you know, the guys have always said that the Star Wars novels are good. Uh, I am, I'm a Star Wars fan. I'm not like, you know, like throwing myself in it like crazy amounts. And I'm very, very far behind in Clone Wars, but this is something that I would like to try and read a book. So I was kind of looking through them, and I looked at the guy, and I was like, and, and there was like 10 books. It was like 10 Star Wars novels. And I was like, so, uh, which one's good? Um, I would like to get one. And he looks right at me and goes, I'll give you all 10 of them for 3 bucks. And I went, what? Excuse me? All of these Star Wars novels for 10 bucks? For 3 bucks? He goes, yes, because I have all of them in hardback, so I don't need these paperback ones. I went, okay. So I got like 10 Star Wars novels for like $3, and it was really awesome. <laughs> but I accidentally left them in my friend's car, so she's holding on to them and taking good care of them for me. So as soon as I get them back, and as soon as I finish Blood and Gold, that might be my next expedition, is to start reading Star Wars novels. Because at this point, since I don't have them, I can't even tell you which ones I got. I have no clue. So yes, if you go to AWA on uh, Thursday, make sure you check out the Happy Fun Zell. Because there's a lot of really cool stuff there. Like I said, I got Eerie Query. That's like, that's like some of the first yaoi manga that came over to the U.S. And it was like way before its time. And that's part of the reason why it's like not even, it went out of print. Because it was so, like people were just so against it. Because they are like, oh my god, gay people! Um, so, yes. It's, it's really cool. And you'll never know what you find there. Friday was super fun. Because I cosplayed for the first time. I never cosplayed before, and I was super nervous. And then, like, I, if you listen to my last, I think it was my last episode, where I was at Session Con, cosplayers can be real douchebags, or they can be the nicest people in the world. So I was really nervous, because, like, you know, you walk around, and you see all these, like, beautiful cosplays that people have, like, hand-sewn painfully by themselves for, like, months and months and months, and they look exquisite. Um, and I just had fun. I was Barry, a, a, a female Barry from Pokemon, um, Barry is your rival in Pokemon uh, Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum, and in the series, he's one of Ash's rival during the Diamond and Pearl arcs of the show. And I was female Barry. Um, and if you want to see a, a picture of it, it's on my Tumblr, which is uh, 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 experience.tumblr.com. I think it's that. I'm going to Google it right fast. Look at me not even knowing my own Tumblr. What are you? What are you? Open! Open faster! Oh no, I'm in the back room! So internet. Yeah, it's geekygirlexperience.tumblr.com. I, I was really excited, and I got to hang out with some of the Pokemon folk and take pictures, and it was really fun being able to take, like, walk around, and people were like, Oh my god, Barry! Can I take your picture? And it's such a confidence boost, because you're just like, Who, me? You're talking to me? It's my time! I've come to the golden lands if people want my picture yes you can have my picture it was just it was really fun and and that's kind of where i realized that you're not cosplaying just to be like licking my ass and sewing skills you're cosplaying because you want to have fun and that's what it was so the rest of friday it was really interesting i went to a few panels and i'm looking at my list now and i realized that every panel i went to except for like two of them 
were Hitalia panels. Shut up, I love it! I love Hitalia! Um, and so the first one was the History of Hitalia panel. And it was done by uh, the two people who did all the historical notes and references for the English script for Funimation. And they were two history teachers, and they pretty much sat down and you explained and showed examples of these like really, really obscure jokes in Italia that most people would just like it would go over their head. And it was fun because just some jokes that I know I didn't get. I just knew it was a joke, and I just kind of laughed. It's like, oh, this is a joke, I don't know what I'm laughing at. Um, they they explained, and almost every uh, conversation ended with, yes, Himaruya, the writer and creator of Italia, is a genius. That's how pretty much every discussion ended. But an example of one of the jokes they explained was uh, in the anime, Germany is standing with... Uh, Japan and Italy, and he's like, all right, count off. One, two, all right. If you come across England, then what would you do? And Japan's like, I'll wallow just like my Kaiser, sir. And Germany just kind of looks at him and goes, okay. And then they move on. And like that's, that's the joke right there. And they were like, we, the, the panelists were saying how they had no idea what this was referring to. And they did like masses, massive amounts of research. On it. And finally, one of them was watching this older TV show, and I wish I got the name of it. So if I, when I, once I describe this TV show, or this movie, or this like mini movie, I don't even know if it was a movie or a TV show, and you know what it is, I want you to message me on Facebook, because I'm a bad kid, and I never get on the two true freaks forums. So, I'm a bad podcaster. I don't even get on my own forms. But I've never gotten on forms. So please don't be mad at me. I don't like forms. But uh, message me on Facebook. Skype me. Get me on Tumblr. Something. Because I, I want to know what this TV show is. But anyway. They found this show. And it's about Prussia. The, the country of Prussia. When it was transitioning from being Prussia in the Holy Roman Empire and transitioning over to become unified Germany. And it was set during um, Kaiser Wilhelm's reign. And the Prime Minister, Otto von Bismarck, was trying to like really get him to give up his power and become, uh, and, and just being a president and not being like king. And of course, you know, like, who wants to go from king and get downgraded? But the whole point of the joke is, is he was a, like apparently really, really an emotional guy and would stop, start to cry at a drop of a hat. Like, just the littlest thing, and he'll be bawling. And they like he cried, like, several times a day because he was just, like, that emotional of a guy. And it's just this random, obscure point of history that Himaruya put into Hitalia and made a joke out of it. And that's what this panel was, and it was fascinating. It was just so good. So I, even if you're not a Hitalia fan, if you just want to go learn some like awesome, awesome like history trivia, I suggest this panel. It was really fun. And yeah, that's all I gotta say about that. Sorry, I watched Forrest Gump yesterday. Such a good movie, so good, so good. I love Forrest Gump. Um, and so I, I kind of, after that, I kind of derped around and hung out, and I went to the dealer's room. I like the dealer's room at an AWA, because my god, it's massive. It's like, 
it's like, you know, when you go to one of those graduations, high school or college, and there's like 700 people in the graduating list, and you end up playing like Game Boy or playing Angry Birds on your phone or something until the person you came to see gets up there. But it's like that massive room that can like hold like an air sh- like like an airship. Yes, we're in the steampunk era now. It can hold an airship and an airplane. Um, it- it's that s- massive of a room. It's huge, and it- it's just and same thing with Artist Al- Alley. Artist Alley is in a different room than uh than the dealer's room, and both of them are fucking huge, absolutely just huge things. Okay, hold on, friend. You can't Skype me while I'm recording a podcast because it makes sounds and then I have to edit them out. Love you. (laughs) I'm actually not going to edit that out. My friend is Skyping me and a bunch of perverts are Skyping me. Excuse me, perverts. I don't want to have fun with you on Skype. That's nasty. You nasty. Uh, uh, what was I saying? Dealer's room. And it's huge. And what I really like about the dealer's room is there's so much variety. There's not just, like, you can walk to one place and see a t-shirt and then walk to another place and you'll see the exact same t-shirt, but it gives you variety so you can just go, you can actually shop. It's not like this is the only place that has a t-shirt so then you're forced to pay $30 for it. You can actually look around, see what's there, and compare prices, which is very nice at a con. And so you're not just like the first time you see it, you're just like, I have to buy it now because I can't find it anywhere else. And that's where I spent so much of my money. Because I like buying these things called doujinshi. And in Japan and China, they have ways to get around the copyright laws. And it's a, it's a loophole just so they can make fan comics and they can actually publish them and actually make money on them. And so they're fan comics of animes, or manga, or books, or, like, even TV shows. Like, I have Harry Potter, no Jim Shea, and I love it! I love it so much! Um, and there's this guy at the doujinshi, uh, at the doujinshi table, and he's literally, to get people his stuff, he would just be, he'd be screaming, Yowie! Get your Yowie! Do you like gay sex, sir? I'm sure you do! Here, have a rainbow flag! And I just sit there and just laugh the entire time I was at his booth. He was fantastic, and apparently he goes to a lot of anime cons. So if you go to an anime con and you see him, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And then you're going to buy me some doujinshi and send it my way. Oh, did I say that? Yes. Um, so I, I really like the dealer's rooms at AWA and Artist Alley, because they're just so big, and there's so much to look at. And I, I literally spent, like, probably half my time just walking around and looking at everything. So yes. And then, after that, I went to the one thing that I was waiting for. At AWA, because they're coming out with the Hatalia movie in November, and AWA was selected by Funimation to preview the English dub and to premiere it. So we were the first people that got to see the English dub, and oh my god, it was so funny. Like, I, I, I'm not a big fan of dubbing, but they do a really good job with Hatalia, and it was so funny. And it was written really well. The one thing I don't like about it, and I was hoping they wouldn't do it, is when it was released in Japan, they released, uh, the movie version was, uh, the movie's like 45 minutes, maybe an hour. And so when they released it, they put in filler from the episodes. They just pulled random bits of the episodes and threw them in there. 
and to make it a two-hour movie. And I'm just like, why? Just write a two-hour movie. Um, and so, but then in Japan, though, they released two versions of it. They released the, uh, the filler version and the non-filler version. And the non-filler version is the version I had seen, um, which I was really thankful for. But it looks like that Funimation is going to release the filler version. That's what they showed at AWA. I hope they have an option, like when you're choosing the movie, that you can have the non-filler version. Because honestly, I, I will fast forward through all those parts of Funimation. I will not watch it. I'll just be like, why the fuck are you in my movie? So uh, that's that's the only downside about Painted White. But the good thing about Painted White is it's one of the few things in Hataya that has like really serious moments. And about halfway through into the end, there are some really serious parts because these countries are watching these aliens just destroy their world and they don't know what to do. And they have no idea how to even fight these aliens. Um, they, they keep losing their battles and the serious moments are handled really well. And I was really hoping that Funimation wouldn't just like go for the joke and make serious moments funny because it's Italia, and they didn't. Which made it even more wonderful. So if you, like, Paint It White's coming out November 22nd, I believe. Google it, you'll find it. Um, it's already up for Amazon, and order it now, because the limited edition one is, as it said, limited edition. It might not even be available anymore. But if you want to do another limited edition, uh, season three is coming out in January. And I'm really excited for it. Like, super crazy, freaking excited for it, because it's World Series, and World Series is so much better than Axis Powers. So yes. Uh, I got to see Painted White, which was the highlight of me going to AWA. It was the one thing I wanted to see, and I was, like, bursting with excitement. And then I went home that night. And, uh, I didn't go home home. And we went back to the hotel, and I was staying with some friends of mine. And they introduced me to this show. And the only reason I'm talking about this show is because it's so freaking good. It's called Common Rider W. I'm, and Common is K-A-M-E-N. Not common, like, I'm a common man. Um, it's called Common Rider W, and it's this Japanese show. And the reason why it's brilliant is it's, like, their Saturday morning version of Power Rangers over there. It's it's about this guy, um, whose name just slipped my mind. Anyway, uh, him and this other guy named Philip, they, they make up this superhero called Common Rider W, and just think Power Rangers, and you're pretty much on the money. They, they are pretty much Japanese Power Rangers. And, um, they go and fight the bad guys. The reason why it's good for Americans like us is because we watch it and we go, this is really ridiculous. Why are they doing this? This is great. They're being a bunch of derps. But the story is actually really good. Um, like, they're hiding a secret and there's, like, this girl out running around and smacks people with shoes. And they're hiding from her that they watched her father get murdered. Um, and so they, they don't know how to tell her, and that's the only reason they, like, keep her around is because, like, they don't want to just send her off on her own because then she'll be in danger, so they, like, they watch over her, and then they go fight superheroes, or they go fight bad guys, and it's really good, and, like, uh, like it's just ridiculous. The writing is, you know, if you ever go back and watch original Power Rangers from the 90s, it's campy, and which makes it even funnier. Like, there's this one episode of Philip. Um, Philip's cool. He has the ability, as, as long as he has a few catchphrases, he has, like, a library installed in his brain, and he can go into his mind and, like, find any book ever imaginable, and find, like, information, just pull it off these libraries, and, like, he'll put in a keyword, and, like, half the books will go away, and he'll throw out another keyword, and more books will go away, and he'll keep throwing out keywords until he finds the one book he needs, and it's really cool. 
Well, the other guy whose name I still can't think of right now, I think it's Shintaro, Shinato, something very close to that. Kintaro, I don't know. Um, he's the guy that goes out and derps around and fights and stuff while Philip's the brain guy. Um, and in one episode, here's an example of an episode, he finds a book in his brain and it's locked and he can't read it and he's like, what is this? And the thing about Phillips is, is once he gets obsessed with something, he won't let it go. Like, he, he will be focused on that one thing and he'll be obsessed with it and then once he has that obsession satisfied, he'll never want to, like, touch it again. And so he finds this one book and all it says is on it is, like, Heaven's Typhoon, I believe, or Heaven's Cyclone, Heaven's Cyclone, and he's like, what is Heaven's Cyclone? And they're like, we don't know, why don't you figure it out? And he actually ventures outside for, like, one of the few times in the series he goes outside. And so they're like, Philip, come back, what do you mean? He's like, I have to find out what Heaven's Cyclone is. And he uh, ends up, throughout the episode, you find out that he gets led to a street dancer, and Heaven's Cyclone is a breakdance move, and so it ends when they, the episode ends when they fight the bad guy, using the Heaven Cyclone, and they breakdance this bad guy and beat him through breakdancing, and it's just wonderful. And and there's one point where the breakdancer guy is going after his girl, his ex-girlfriend or his ex-partner, and he's like, I can't tell you how my feelings are, but I'm going to show you through dance! And he starts breakdancing, and it's wonderful! <laughs> and so, this is what we did every night of AWAs. We ended the night watching Common Rider W, and it's a fantastic show. Go find it. It's it's brilliant. It's it's worth it. So Saturday, wow. I've already been talking for almost 30 minutes. Saturday, I went to the Ask a Nation panel. If you listen to my Session Con episode, it's pretty much the same format. You have a bunch of nations on stage, only this time they had 28 fucking panelists. Over the half of the panelists didn't even get talked to. If you're- no. <laughs> I'm just gonna say no. You don't need 28 panelists. That's too much. There's a reason why it started 40 minutes late. You didn't have a place to put 28 people. At all. But anyway, it was it was a lot better than Lent Session Con because like people were inappropriate, uh, were pe- people were inappropriate and being like, I'm gonna announce all of our sexualities, hooray! Um, it was really funny and um, I'm really proud because my my little adopted niece was Chippy Talia and she's adorable and I love her. Uh, and it was really funny. Um, and so and then I went back and I dipped around in the uh, dealer's room more and then I went to the Hitaya photo shoot where I cosplayed the second time and I was a very casual England. And then, I wanted to go to this one thing, and I was so upset because I couldn't get into it. Because at AWA, they have this thing called the Maid Cafe, and you go, and it's just like a maid cafe in Japan, and they, like, serve you food and drinks, and they're all dressed in, like, little maid outfits, and it's really cute. But the thing is, they have this thing where the Orin High School Host Club takes over. Orin High School Host Club is an anime about ridiculously rich kids in this high school called Oron Academy and they're all so bored and they're like six beautiful men and so they're like well let's start a club together and so these six beautiful men start a club to entertain these bored girls at this rich academy and uh it's called a host club because they have these things in host club in Japan where you can go and beautiful men will serve you drinks and you're just like oh they're saying I'm pretty yay I'm gonna drink more and give you my money that's that's the basis of a host club and so uh and then the rest of the plot is, like, a commoner person gets accepted into Oron, 
on a scholarship, and she accidentally breaks a vase, and she ends up having to join the host club and hide her identity as a girl, and chaos ensues, and people fall in love, and it's a really funny series. Really, really great series. The manga is 20 times better. As always, the manga is always 20 times better. Um, but yeah, anyway, so they, they had these seven people dressed up as... Um, the host club, and they invaded the make, make cafe for like three hours, and what they do is they come and they put on skits and they feed you cake, and you can designate a host of whose table you want to sit up at, just like in the anime and the manga, which is a really cool thing, but the, I didn't get to go in because they only take cash. So my lesson learned for next year is have $15 cash ready so they don't take cards. And then I just ended my night going to a yaoi panel. It was super fun. You got to watch boys, boy love, talk about penises. Yeah, it was a good way to end my night, and then more Kamen Rider W. And then Sunday I didn't really do too much. I, I, I derped around with my friends, which is always fun. So yeah, that was AWA. Um, they had all sorts of other panels, not just me going to every Hatalia event on Earth. Like, some of the other panels they had was, like, Sewing 101. Uh, 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 oh, what was the one that my friends went to and they were super excited about it? Uh, they have one that was the best damn mech fights, period. And they said it was awesome. And all they showed was, like, mech fights. And they had, uh, anime's craziest deaths. They had, um, one for Black Butler, which, hey, is the next thing I'm talking about, so listen up. Um, they had one at Black Butler to teach you Victorian etiquette. Uh, they had an Invader Zim panel. They had uh, a belly dancing panel. Go fig. Uh, Vic Mignano was there. Not a fan, but they did have Ta Todd Haberkorn, who I am a fan of. Um, they had dark, a dark, dark horse comic panel. So it's not just all Hitalia, the way I made it sound like. It's a really fun con. And like I said, if, if, uh, if it's in the top ten of anime cons to go to in the country then it has to be good. So, good AWA next year. Super duper fun. The next thing I'm going to talk about, which is also the last thing I'm talking about, because I'm going to be really focusing on this. So I'm going to warn you now, this is going to be a really, really long-ass talk. I watched an awesome anime slash read a new great manga. It's called Black Butler. The Japanese name of it is Kiroshitsuji. I had to think about that for a second. Kiro Shitsuji. Yes, there is shit in the middle. <laughs> but there is no shit in this anime. It's so good. Um, the premise of Black Butler is uh, is you have this boy named CL. When he when the series starts, he's twelve years old. But like by like episode three, he turns thirteen. He has his thirteen birthday. They're like, Master, you're thirteen. Hooray! Um, it's set in Victorian England, and Vic Queen Victoria is a character in this. Just so you know, and CL is an is an earl at 13 because uh, a few years before that his parents were murdered and he uh, was kidnapped by this society who wanted him uh, him and his family dead and in the process of his kidnapping and then like them like trying to like about to kill him and stuff he summons a demon um, and this demon comes out and they make a pact and the demon he names is Sebastian and it and it's a very Faust, Faustus um, story because you have this demon serving this kid and when Ciel finally exacts revenge on the people who killed his family then Sebastian gets to have his soul and, but until then Sebastian has to follow, follow his every will 
and overall it's it's a wonderful series that they really did their homework when writing this manga in this anime except for the fact there's a few <laughs> there's a few tropes that pop up like cell phones and TVs and Superman but anyway it's Victorian England <laughs> they had Superman and TV and cell phones and um, that's the basic plot. Uh, the, like, other things start happening. Uh, he's an earl, and he's called the Queen's Watchdog. And the best way to describe what his job is, is that there's the world of the light and the world of the dark. Scotland Yard is the, the police of the world of the, the light side of the world. They're the ones, you know, catch criminals on the top surface and do all that stuff. The wa Queen's Watchdog, which is CL's job, is what... Uh, what he does is he catches more of the supernatural or people from the underworld who's there to tarnish England and tarnish the Queen's name. And sometimes it's just, like, what, the very first plot arc is Jack the Ripper. He's been assigned to find Jack the Ripper and kill him. And stop him. That's, that's the very first plot, plot arc. But then there's other arcs, like, where it's, there's talks of this hospital where bodies are being reanimated from the dead, and so he's sent to go fight zombies. And, and, and so it's this, he has to figure out who the culprit is, and then he usually gets Sebastian to kill him, because Sebastian's a demon, and Sebastian has been sworn to protect him. And CL's not a dumb kid, he's very smart. He, and so that's, that's the basic plot, is the queen usually assigns them something, and then you have a plot arc of them doing this, and trying to find the culprit and stuff. So it, it's sort of like a murder mystery, slash... It's very supernatural, too, in a way. It starts off very small, like Jack the Ripper, and then you go, and you get the, um... I'm, I'm talking about the manga right near, now, by the way. And then you get, say, uh, 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 the murder mystery arc, where you get the guy who wrote the Sherlock Holmes novels in there, whose name just totally slipped my mind. But he's a guest at CL's house, and through this process of trying to find out this murder mystery in CL's house... He fathoms and creates the tales of Sherlock Holmes. And then the, the next arc is this circus where kids are disappearing. And then you get the, the zombie Titanic. And it, it just grows and it builds. Some of the other characters in this is, for example, the servants in CL's house. He has four servants. Uh, he games a fifth one in the, in the manga and, and in the anime, but they're two different people. And you have the servants, and they are happy-go-lucky, and, you know, they're there for humor. And then you have uh, some of the antagonists, which is like the Shimigami, which are death gods in Japan. And it's this organization, society, this who's like, I guess, I would say they live in um, that place between heaven and hell. It starts with a P that just slipped my brain. I'm going to think of it and just scream it. Um, but they, they are in charge of death records of people. And uh, the Shimigami, their arch enemies are, enemies are demons. So they constantly cross paths with Sebastian CL. And you have people like Grail, who is the Shimigami, who on his first meeting with Sebastian totally falls in love with Sebastian. And he's a fantastic character and he's so funny. And then you have more sh serious Shimigami, like William who I love, and Ronald, who I also love, and I totally shipped them together. Oh my god, I shipped them so hard. Um, and they're more serious about their jobs, and they're usually, you know, demoting Grail. And uh, and then you have these other people who are pawns of CLs, but they're also, in a way, because of the, their pawns, they have their own means and methods of wanting to get shit done. 
which means at any point in time, they could always stab Zeal in the back, and you're just waiting for it. Like, in the latest arc, there's a character called The Undertaker, and he is, he's, he's wonderful. He's this, like, guy who is crazy about death, but in a happy sort of funny way, and he's just like, oh, hello, CL, welcome to my shop. Do you want a bone cookie? I cooked them myself this morning. Do you want to talk about the corpse? Oh, no, no, no. I don't want your money. You have to tell me a joke, because life is too short not to laugh. <laughs> like, that's The Undertaker. And you find out in the latest art that he's not all he's cracked up to be, and he does awesome stuff! <laughs> he's so cool! So that's just kind of like the basic plot. Um, I'm going to talk about the manga for a second, and some of the characters. Um, the manga is 20 million times better than the anime. If you're not a manga reader, and you just watch Black Butler as an anime, you are, you are missing out. I'm just going to say that right now. You are missing out on one of the best written mangas I've ever read. And I've been reading manga since I was 13. It's it's just so good. It's so well written. The story is solid. I mean, you start with fucking Jack the Ripper and trying to find him out. And then through that you find out who the Shimigami are. And then you go into the arc where the Sherlock Holmes arc. And not every arc is based on... Um, famous British novels, but most people's names are. Like, for example, uh, Ronald Knox, who's the character I just talked about in the Shimigami, he, his name is based after an English, uh, uh, an English philosopher. Philosopher? Theliogen. The I don't know how to say that word. But a theorist. Theorist! Ha ha! Ha I'm not as stupid as I sound. Um, and, and so a lot of the, the, the characters are based off that. There's so much more awesome story in the manga that you just don't get in the anime. In the anime, it just sort of feels like they're like, you know what? The first three episodes are going to do the follow the manga, and then we're just going to BS the rest of it. It's going to be awesome, guys. And that's that's how it feels like. And I'm not saying the anime is bad. The anime is really good. It, it has wonderful art. Uh, art. Art. Art is the word I meant to say. It has wonderful art. And and the sub, um, the subs, like the G the uh, Japanese voice actors, are really, really good. You have Daisuke Ono as Sebastian, and Daisuke Ono is like one of the best of the best over there. And then it also has my favorite voice actor of all time. Oh, Hiroki Asumoto. Oh, he plays such a small character. He plays Agni, but he's there for an entire plot arc. And every time I hear his voice, my nether region jiggle. Oh, Hiroki. Oh. Anyway, like, the Japanese voice cast is really good. And then when Funimation got it, the, the dubbing is really good too, except for I have a few little people I just would, like, flick off. But you have J. Michael Tantum as Sebastian, and he is, is one of the best American voice actors in my book. He, he, he brings a new level to Sebastian. But, so I'm not saying that the anime is bad. It's just not as good as the manga. And I, I think it's because the anime scripts are usually written by people who are not the mangaka, the, the, creator of a, the creator of the anime, or I'm sorry, the creator of the manga. And so it's it sort of just feels like they just threw in whatever. And I'm going to probably spoil stuff now because I'm going to start going into the, some of the plots, the plot arcs. So you start with Jack the Ripper and in the manga, and through that you find out that Jack the Ripper is, you're about to be spoiled, you ready? You ready? Is CL's aunt. And 
she's having help from her butler, who you've met throughout the chapters and throughout the episodes. And the butler ends up being the Shimigami that I described earlier, Grail, and you get an awesome fight with Sebastian. And, um, I don't want to give away everything, but some other Shimigamis pull them away and they end the fight and they leave it there because Grail started the fight, not them. And so CL gets sent off to his next adventure, which he, uh, what you find out is a murder mystery in his own house. Someone is killed at a party. And while he's there, Arthur Doyle! That's his name! Arthur Doyle is there! And, um, he's among the only switch people, and he's watching, um, this murder mystery, and you think that it's Sebastian doing it, and then halfway through, Sebastian dies. And he's a demon. And CL, well, no one else knows he's a demon, but CL, and CL is like, how, how can you be dead? I need you. How? And so I'm not going to spoil the rest of the arc, but I'm just going to say it's it's so good and it's so funny when you find out what's really going on. You're just watching it going, this is awesome. <laughs> because the, the thing about Sebastian is, is he's so serious and he's so good at doing his job as a butler because he's a demon. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, he'll be so derpy. He's just so funny and he does things on purpose just to make it laugh get, just to make himself laugh even if it's at CL's expense and CL is just like I'm gonna kill him I'm gonna kill him right now this instant how how are you doing this why blah, blah, blah. and oh I forgot about Viscount anyway um and so and then the next arc uh goes into uh this this the circus called Noah's Ark Circus and I don't want to give away too much about this, too, because honestly, this manga has never made me like a character, despise them to the point of, like, I don't know if I can actually keep on reading this because it's a ma he's a main character and I don't want to like him, to liking him again. Because in the... I, I, I was kind of iffy on CL. Like, I liked him. I didn't want him to, you know, die because he's the main character and you, you have to read him. you got to read it. But about doing the Noah's Ark, Circus Ark, I... I got to the point where something major happened, and I hated CL. Like, I, I actually literally, like, put down the, the book, and I was like, I, I don't know if I can keep reading this, because I know he's a main character, and what happened was just so horrible that I couldn't actually believe that I had read it. And I, I, I really don't want to give away too much, but the, the main point of the Noah's Ark Circus is there's a circus going around, and every city they go to, children are disappearing, so they're sent to investigate the circus. And the process of finding out, like, them going to the circus and sneaking around and stuff is really funny. It's really humorous, because one of the Shimigamis there, and Shimigamis hates demons, and it's it's William, who is the most serious of the Shimigami, and William um, ends up having to be Sebastian's roommate, and they don't like each other, and, like, they, like... They have to end up doing like a trapeze act together, and they like he won't touch Sebastian. It's it's really humorous, but when you actually get to the point where you find out what's going on, it, I was sick. I was sick to my stomach at what was going on, and I, I the mangaka. This is why the writer of this manga is so brilliant because literally the next chapter after the plot plot arc ended was like two chapters of humor, and they were so funny. And, and she did it in a way to see that CL regretted what he had to do and what regretted what he did. And it made me like him again. 
which shows that this is brilliant because I was about to put it down and I was like, well, I'm just going to read one more chapter and see if it gets better and it did. And it made me like him again. Which just shows how wonderful this is. And a big reason why this is such an intriguing manga is there are no good guys. There, there are apps. Everybody in this sh book are all terrible people. They're all bad people. They have bad pasts. They do terrible things. The only like really wholesome people who are actually happy-go-lucky and really nice are CL servants. And even then, they all have dark backstories. Where either I don't want to give that away because that's a, that's an awesome chapter. I will not give that away. Um, but even the servants all have dark backstories. There, and I've never. I don't think I've ever read a story where there are no good guys at all. No one's good. Um, they're just there are just some people who are a little bit more bad than than Ciel and Sebastian, who is a demon. And you actually you find yourself rooting for this bratty thirteen year old and a demon. I take that back. Elizabeth. Elizabeth is Ciel's fiance, and she is the only good person in the story. <laughs> but even then, Elizabeth, I was just watching this going, oh my god, you are the most annoying girl character ever. Why does CL put up with you? Why? Why? It's because you're his her, you're his fiance and you have to. Your childhood friends. Because she's like, yeah, you're so cute. I love you. We're gonna get married. I want to dress you up. I'm gonna put a pink bonnet on Sebastian's head. Look at the pretty pretty butler in his pink bonnet. I'm like, girl, what is wrong with you? Shut up. But then you get to the next plot arc. After the Noah's Ark arc, the Noah's Noah's Ark arc. <laughs> And she is so kick-ass awesome, I don't even want to say why, but she's so fucking awesome. It's, and see, that's my thing, and she took a character that I hate and made her awesome. And so, the Noah's Ark arc ends, and you get to the uh, ship arc. I don't know what it's called. I think it's called the doll arc. I don't even know. But CL and Sebastian find out there's stuff going happening on this ship. And uh, this hospital is reanimating bodies, and like bodies are coming back to life. And so they're taking their uh, stuff to America to go like show it off at the World's Fair, I believe, or something like that. And so Sebastian and Ciel get on the ship to go figure it out. And guess what? It happens to every great ship in Victorian England when it's cold outside. This ship hits an iceberg and starts to sink. And while the ship is sinking... These reanimated bodies, the doctors realize they can't control them like they thought they could. So now suddenly you have zombies running around this sinking ship. And it's so good because you have two out they have two hours to not only get off the ship, but to stop the zombies and save save all the people. And it ends up becoming this amazing like let's see, there's the Undertaker, Grail, Ronald. Uh, technically the Viscount is there, and Sebastian- it, it becomes this awesome, like, five-way fight. To, like, to- to beat this. And to save this ship. And the latest chapter- the last two chapters, like, the latest chapter came out for me, like, yesterday. The latest chapter, you finally get Sebastian's backstory about how he met CL. Which is, like, the one thing I've been waiting for in, like, 60-something chapters of reading this, is to get Sebastian's backstory. And it's, it's wonderful. And it, it ended on a cliffhanger. And now I have to wait till November to read the next chapter. So the manga is awesome. I, 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 yes. 
yes, do it. Just go read it. It's all online. You can find it on mangareader.com. If it's not .com, it's .net. I believe it's .net. Mangareader.net. Find it. It's under its Japanese name, Kiroshitsuji. Um, if you if you don't know how to spell that, just Google Black Butler Wiki up, and look it up on Wikipedia, and it's on there. It's it's the manga is so good because then you go to the anime and the anime deviates from the manga and tells its own storylines. And like I said, it's not bad. It's just not great. I mean, I, well, it's better than some animes. Um, but the thing the thing about the anime is that it feels like it's nothing but filler. When you have this wonderful piece of manga that's amazing, don't just give me crap. And, and it introduces some nice anime-only characters, like there's a character named Pluto, and he is an anime-only character, he's not in the manga. And he, he's really cool, but stick to the awesome story. There's a reason I haven't wa- finished season one yet, and I haven't actually watched it in about two, three weeks. Because the manga is so good, and the manga came out, and I reread the entire fucking manga in the last few weeks to get ready for the new chapter that came out yesterday. Have I done that with the anime? No. So, yes, I never understood why why animes decide to do filler. Now, stuff like Bleach and Naruto, the anime will catch up to the manga, and so they have to do a season of filler so the manga can get ahead, but they go back to the manga, and they keep following the manga and the story, because then... I'm almost done with season one, and season two is nothing but just stuff they made up. They bring in a new character named, like, Alois. His last name is Trancy, so my friend and I call him Trancy Boy, which is slowly turning into Tranny Boy um, every time we talk to him, and he's the foil of CL. Uh, Trancy Boy has his own demon butler, just like CL has a demon butler, and they pretty much spend 12 episodes just facing off and being their own thing of it. See, why? Why? Why even do that? You have an awesome circus arc with awesome characters and Titanic with zombies. Oh, I don't need Tranny Boy to come in and whatever. So, yes, I highly suggest Black Butler because then you have one more awesome thing about this anime. And it made me crazy happy because I'm a theater kid. There are two Black Butler musicals! They have musicals! Ah, the musicals are wonderful. The first one is really hard to find um, because it, it wasn't as you know uh, popular. Because the first one they did it the best they could uh, with the budget they had, and the second one they were like, "We got more money, let's go for it, guys! Hooray!" And you can actually find the entire second musical on YouTube. Just it's it's very easy to find, but it's under its Japanese name once again, Kiroshitsuji. Blah. Um, and I, I personally, though, I like the first musical better. I think the writing's better. I like CL better. The musical is the first time I felt sympathy for CL. Because before, he was just this kid, and in the musical, I was just like, you poor baby, you just want friends and family, and you can't help them because of the situation you have been thrusted in, you poor baby. Like, I actually gave a damn about CL. Um, and Bard. Bard was awesome. Bard is one of his four servants. And, uh, Bard had so much swagger in the first one that, like, it came out of YouTube and made, like, my nether regions jiggle. And I was like, yes, you're wonderful. The only downside about that musical is they don't have as many songs, so I would get so wrapped up in the story, and then suddenly they're singing at me, and I'm just like, what the fuck is this? Um, but it's really well done. The fight choreography? Oh my god, I don't know what they did between the first and the second one. Because the first musical 
the fight choreography is amazing. I've never, in a long time actually, have seen such great fight choreography in a stage play. It was so good. And then somewhere between the first musical and the second musical, I guess they got a new fight fighting instructor, and it just went away. It died. Like, the fight fight choreography in the second one sucks. And I'm like, you have a bigger budget. Why not bring back the first guy? Ah, Not saying the second musical sucked, though. The second musical is really good. But I'm talking about the first one. The first musical is really... The story is wonderful. Um, uh, uh, the, the servants are awesome. There's some great improv scenes. And there's a character in the manga and the anime called Aberline. And they really upped his character in the first and second musical... Um, and he he's uh, he's a source of humor, and his his opening speech is so hilarious. And how he can improv, he improvs a lot throughout the play, and he is just a wonderful actor. It, it's both musicals are casted really really well, and you can find both of them online. And then in the second one, um, it was they really embraced the musical aspect, as in there is a lot of songs, and I'm not saying they're bad. The songs are really 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 good. Um, and it was casted really well, and the story is really good there, but there are, there's a lot more fan moments where they're only doing it simply to have fanfare. Um, like, like Druitt, Viscount Druitt has, they could have done without him, but he has a really awesome David Bowie from Labyrinth-like song, and he's just, it was, it was really good. Um, the, like I said, the budget was better. You have the Shimigami in there, which is really fun, because then you get William and Ronald, and who I love so much. I ship them so hard! It hurts! And, yes, so th I, I, I can get behind any anime among you that has musicals. Which reminds me, I really want to watch the Sailor Moon musicals. So, yeah. I've been talking for an hour. And I can't believe I spent 30 minutes talking about Black Butler. Which means that it's just so good. So, I'm going to end this episode of Hope of All Trades. Hey, by the way, my name is Hope Molinax, and I'm the host of Hope of All Trades. I always forget to introduce myself. Hi, guys. I'm Hope Molinax. I'm the, I'm the host of Hope of All Trades. It's my show. I, I talk about whatever I want to talk about. That's why it's fun. Um, I'll have some more things to talk about probably coming up. Um, I'm going to Rockstock soon, which is a Harry Potter convention in Missouri. Super excited. It's going to be so good. Um... And I'm thinking for my next episode, I'm going to plan it now, because I have an idea. And it's going to be a surprise! <laughs> so I'm going to end you guys with this. Um, I'm going to end this with a song from the second Black Butler musical. The song is called Checkmate. And what's going on in this song is um, it the, the entire play revolves around these two shimigami named Alan and Eric. And Alan has this rare disease that can actually kill him. And Eric, who is his best friend, is trying his hardest to help him, but he won't tell Alan what he's doing um, because it's really bad. He has to collect a... Uh, oh, I don't want to spoil it too much. He, he has to collect a thousand souls to cure him. And so he teams up with Viscount Druitt, who is the David Bowie-like character, um, to go out and um, they're planning an opera. And only women and children are allowed, and men are only allowed if they're escorting women and children, because it has to be a thousand pure souls. And so at this point is when they realize that everyone's coming down to this one place, which is the Crystal Palace in London, where this opera is going to be held. And it's pretty much the one day more song 
in, in Les Miserables, they have a song at the end where they're talking about, uh, they have the, a song at the end of the first act where they're talking about how the revolution will start tomorrow and it's only one day more until the world changes. And that's pretty much what this song is. It's at the end of Act 1, they're pretty much saying that everything's going to come down to a checkmate at the Crystal Palace, and it's CL's checkmate to move all his pawns to this one place, and Sebastian is there to back him up. So, yes, thank you for listening to Hope of All Trades. I hope you enjoy this song. Um, like I said, I probably won't have a podcast in November just because of NaNoWriMo and my mom's wedding. And so, yes, it's wonderful to be talking to all of you guys again. Thank you, thank you, thank you for standing behind me and the nice Facebook messages. And and you can follow me on Tumblr at uh, uh, geekygirlexperience.tumblr.com. And, yes, okay. Have a wonderful day, time of day, night, afternoon, guys, and I will talk to you later. Enjoy the song. Opera ga okonareru basho wa Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. Sebastian. Eh? Checkmate. Crystal Palace. Yes.
My Lord.